Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and I am joined by the gang, of course, uh, because we're back again. We have resumed that journey that, although it is a, a tough journey to make, we have continued upon the path of the year of the new sun. This time we are starting with the Claw of the Conciliator chapters I through V. Um, and with me are none other than Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, Carlo. Hello. Uh, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hello. I am subtle yet strong. <laughs> All right. And Pete, of course. Yes. Well, I actually, I'm the least likely to be here on this episode, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sometimes in this episode. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Shitty Internet is on the case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I guess we should probably um, start with, Wow. This is interesting. Where the f why the fuck did we start in this chapter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Th this was supremely yeah, did, you frustrating because he he left. Oh, go ahead, Pete. Oh, I I I, I keep expecting to hear a record scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I suppose you're yeah, wondering like how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> well, uh, it was so frustrating because the last book ended in such a like wild place where it's like you know there there's this big stampede going on at the wall and like uh you know stuff like that and uh he, all of a sudden he's just like in some random town and it's fair time and it's like okay what what's going on here I I like that jump kind of honestly I somebody somebody mentioned that there was a jump uh, in time and I was expecting it to be much longer um, of like months. And it actually turns out to be a couple days. It sounds like, um, uh, which I'm, I'm having a hard time at, at times like uh, making sense of the, the distance that people travel and like the impact that it has on their surroundings. Like, like a couple days of, you know, traveling on foot isn't, isn't like, super far you know you probably have only gone like you know i, I don't know may, maybe i don't know in, in a week if you were making really great pace maybe you could travel i don't know like 150 miles something like mm -hmm. that like mm -hmm. you know like you could go like a state maybe if you're making really good really good uh time um a small state and and so it feels like suddenly we're not in you know, suddenly we're in the jungle instead of being in, you know, uh, a a tomb city. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this but, is, but uh, then again, maybe that, was, maybe that was right of, outside of... Yeah, what? we start out in the village of Saltus. Saltus, hmm. yes, yes. Um, which um, apparently is... Um, I, I, was, uh, I was told that this uh, it sort of maps to... I think it's somewhere north of, uh, of Buenos Aires. Like, there is a place called... Um, Salt, Salt, Salto Station, I think it's called. Hmm. Um, but but I did want to point out uh, this is uh, Chef's Kiss, Hardy Har Har, Mr. Wolf, uh, where he has right in what is it, the second paragraph? Such a mighty structure was the wall that it divided the world as um as the mere line between. Their covers does two books. Hmm. <laughs> Before us now stood such a wood as might have been growing since the founding of Earth. Trees as high as cliffs, wrapped in pure green. Hmm. Ho ho! Having uh, having a bit of jest, are we, Mister Wolf? <laughs> I liked that it got right to the killing, though. Although <laughs> Severian did does chastise me a little bit for that excitement oh, at, at their yeah. being killing. Um. But pretty much within the first couple paragraphs, he's like, I'm here to kill some people <laughs> and I'm here to do it in a cool way. Uh, and he and he does. But then mm -hmm. but then he definitely does kind of like the avant garde cinema thing later of being like, if you were here, you know, excited for me to kill some people, you're going to be disappointed. Although then again, Severian lies constantly. So, you know, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like. Oh, all these killings are important for me to mention. I need to mention a bunch of them. So yeah, yeah it was a setup because the very beginning was very much, and I'm all out of bubble gum, and then bam. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I I really hate uh, to an extent when movies are 
when like part of the takeaway of a movie is like, I bet you, the audience, should probably second guess how excited you are to see all this killing. And it's well, like, well, you, yeah. you fucking did it yourself, movie. You're the one who told me there was going to be a bunch of cool deaths. And then you're like, oh, I bet you were excited for these cool deaths. Yes, I was, because you got me excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been watching the piano or something. Instead. I learned it from that's, watching that's you, say. Dad. <laughs> That moment is Gene Wolfe doing his Michael Haneke funny games. Like exactly, where it's like- yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, I also uh, I would I would say that he's also uh, <laughs> like this is like, <laughs> and I'm looking at you, Hethor, Mister Weirdo, fucking <laughs> <laughs> exulting and like you know almost almost jerking yourself off, uh, <laughs> thinking about me killing people, Weirdo. He's got a groupie. Um, Severin's got a groupie. Mm. <laughs> he's he's the fan he from oblivion the devoted fan the, the, <laughs> that weird little NPC that like follows you around <laughs> yeah i i love i love that so i i mean i i guess we should probably recap a little bit of there's no there's not much to recap of what actually happened in this chapter severian is is in a town uh there's some people oh, wait, 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 hold, been, hold on oh, hold on I'm sorry hold on previously oh previously well there wasn't anything previously it's the first chapter of the book. <laughs> yes this is the first, first chapter of the book <laughs> previously on my memory oppresses me <laughs> well i i think uh but before you start i think that the the beginning beginning uh like um uh what do you call it the beginning uh two maybe one and a half paragraphs it feels like he's coming out of uh, like his own memory, right? Like a yes. reverie of his own sort of remembrance and whatnot. And then slowly it peels back. He peels back like these layers. And then finally you're in scene. <laughs> Severian's hit his mark. Finally. Thank you. Severian. You're finally there. Yeah. It, it's very disorienting. Those first couple paragraphs. Yeah. Because it, because it, it is literally describing the stuff that just happened at the end of the, of the previous book where like, it even goes back to like Dorcas having cuts on her, on her cheek from the whip, which, mm-hmm. which I, I think mm-hmm. is literally what had just happened, like as it ended and then talking and, and, and then a bunch of stuff happens that is structurally similar in the present day. Also, like there's, there's more talk about, you know, blood on people's faces and people pushing their way through crowds. And, and it, it just, it definitely seems like it is intended to, uh, to evoke the end of the book, even though it's unrelated. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I think it also does this really great. Um, like I, I I'm not I'm I'm only half joking when I'm saying that you know it, it feels like uh, he's he's sort of preparing you for or describing fine in in a way. I don't know that we've gotten it you know like received the description in quite this fashion uh, previously, where where basically he goes to th- the wall with Dorcas's uh, cut bleeding, and he can see the blood flowing, and he hear pattering, and then he goes further back, and he's oh no no he's uh, you know like he's he's waking up, but it, he thinks he's in the Madachin Tower, and there's Master Malrubius again, you know, and and you know he should go down to the kitchen and stir the pot for Brother Cook and, and steal a sausage, you know, you know burnt from the grill and blah blah. And he's like wait hold on this. This room, my room does not have the port, uh, you know, the window where the, where the port should be. Uh, this is a windowless where I should see outside and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay. Slowly we start, it starts filtering through and it feels like we are now in that same sort of memory palace, sort of lost in it. Finally finding our way to, ha ha, the scene. Um, where he's finally awake and he's in the country and, you know, and we do get the village of Saltus as the title of the, of the, um, of the, of the chapter. But at the same time, like slowly it starts filtering in that, you know, what these, what the village looks like and what the sort of tenor of the people are there and so on. Anyway, I'm sorry. I I may have cut you off previously. I think it was Kurt. Oh yeah. No, I I was just going to recount most. uh, I I, I was blundering into, uh, into (laughs) recapping, I guess, but but yeah, so Severian winds up in Saltus. We get the impression they have traveled there. Um, Jonas is with him. I don't know that, that they mention where where Dorcas is. Uh, and he sees Hathor later, but he's surprised to see him. So you get the impression that maybe they parted ways and he turned up again. Um, 
and Dr. Talos doesn't seem to be around. And I don't think that uh, Jolenta is. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Uh, Jonas mentions Jolenta, but but doesn't. Um, we don't we don't see her. So it's not clear yet if the group is still together or if if he ditched them like he was kind of planning on. But but uh, but you didn't you know know whether he was going to actually follow through. Well, I mean, we also get, uh, don't, let's not forget that, um, way, 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 you know, before the end of, uh, Shadow of the Torture, we get that, um, sort of admonition by, uh, Master Palaemon that, oh, you shouldn't use the roads, you know? <laughs> and there they are on the, on the roads <laughs> and suddenly, mm. you know, like, because the, I forget the, the, the troops that are supposed to be, you know, keeping people off the roads because of some ancient autarchs command that is still apparently in effect. I guess it's like a blue law, you know, for Nessus. <laughs> It's like no one, no one bothered to re- remand it, so it's still in effect. So it, you know. it probably, you know, uh, makes road maintenance very cheap if just nobody's allowed to use them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you get the impression it, he, it's, it's, he's there. It's not clear if he's there to do the execution or if he was there and they found out that that you know, oh, we happen to have some people that need executing. Like he's a tinsmith. Just traveling from town to town, like anybody, you need anybody killed? I can do that for you. Um, you know, cr- cross knife. my palm with silver, and I will chop off some heads. So itinerant, uh, uh, you know, knife sharpener and head separator. Yeah, you know, I mean, you need to make sure that the knives are sharp. Uh, and and so you know, he he basically follows through uh, with the execution, and some some exciting revelations are are then had right at the end of the chapter. Right. Well, I mean, I also, um, so when we're, uh, he's staying at an inn and, uh, so, so th- supposedly the, the village of Saltus is sort of like in, in, I don't want to say an uproar, but it's definitely like they're on alert. Uh, they're, they're being super vigilant because, um, what is it? They have, uh, Barnock who has sort of sealed, has been sealed into his oh, own that was cool. house. That was yes. cool. That was but, a very but, cool description of 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 how that works. Well, also the um, what was it? But but they they tell him the story about the uh, the previous person that they'd done that to, and uh, was was it the innkeeper that tells her tells him, or was it the alcalde? It's um, it's yeah, it's like the the mayor type person. I yeah, gather he's yeah. kind of like a mayor, and alcalde is mayor in Spanish. Yeah, nice. Oh. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean in whatever far future language this is actually being told mm-hmm. in the gene yes, yes. chosen to render as as Spanish. Yes, exactly right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, this just means that the Spanish is the language of the future, folks. Yes. Just uh, <laughs> you should, should all be doing your little Duolingo for Spanish. Um, uh, so, so when the uh, when he's told like the 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 witch that they find, I don't know if she was an actual witch, like from the guild of witches or whatever. But hmm. but uh, when they find her, he's like, well, whatever it was, she looked like something that you find under something pale that you find under a rock, and she wa- she weren't human, that's for sure. And you're like, what the fuck is happening in this place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I I really like how they, how they say, well, you know what happens when, you know, a woman is locked in a building for a really long time and, and not allowed out. And it's like, wait, what? Do I? <laughs> do, do I know what happens then? <laughs> it's a like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more, say no more. That, uh, that, that was, they turn in. <laughs> oh, I'll just say that that was one of two moments like that. But but by the way, so, sorry for for cutting you off there. No, no, it's all good. It's just you know, like I'm sitting there, like going, like say no more. It turns into it turns into an eldritch horror, does she not? And, <laughs> <laughs> um, wink, wink. The, there, so there, there are two moments in this chapter that make made me feel like Severian was reacting to knowledge that we don't have, but that is common commonplace in in their world. That was one of them, and I was like, well, that's weird. Although it <laughs> could just mean like, oh, they, you know, look all fucked up and wasted away the other one was and i'm I'm torn about whether this is poeticism or whether this means something uh, about about the world he talks about um uh w- rotting wood glowing and i was like i don't mm. i know i i don't really think of rotting wood glowing but maybe he's being poetic or maybe this has something to do with the the fact that it's millions of years in the future i don't know <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I also wanted to point out that um, one of the reasons that they they've sealed Barnock into his uh, into his house, and they're gonna sort of like basically pull him out. Like, I, I believe the the phrase is "pull him out like a badger." Um, <laughs> Hildegrin, um, they're gonna I, pull him out like a badger because he's a spy for Vodalus. Mm. But. Not not much like on the next page we get that uh that scene where the the troops are sort of marching through town, sort of like uh double stepping and singing as they go. Um and then the innkeeper uh uh basically turns to Severian and says, Oh, a fine sight, aren't they? It was the innkeeper, his bald head at my shoulder. Southerners, notice how many have yellow hair and dotted hides? They're used to cold down there, and they'll need to be uh, in the mountains. Still, the singing almost makes you want to join them. How many, would you say? And you're like, wait, what? Why is he counting the troops? Hmm. Hey, uh, 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 subtle yet strong, I do have something for you. Have you ever heard of Foxfire? I have. Okay, it's a, there's a type of fungus that when it gets into water, rotting wood glows in the dark. Certain types of wood will do it. Certain types won't. Oh, mm. interesting. I guess it creates like phosphorus or something. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just okay. could be biolum- bioluminescence <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Uh yeah. Anyway, so so then, <laughs> weirdly, Severian's like completely like like doesn't catch on at all. He's like, oh yeah, two thousand, maybe twenty five hundred. That's how many troops I think would be in that group. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I like keeping track of them. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, I didn't think that. I completely missed it. Uh, as 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 well. <laughs> no it's 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 all good i it, it's like i uh, i think i i had thought it was weird uh when i read it and then like as i was like just sort of revising the chapters earlier today i was like wait wh- why is he counting the troops hmm. it is and it, it is it is explicitly called out that you know well you know we're killing this guy but vodalus some agent of vodalus with honeyed words and clever uh you know clever language may come to you and try to trick you or, or cajole you into becoming the new spy. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the Alcalde's uh, uh, speech before yeah. they, uh, they batter down because I believe that they, they basically, um, they brick up uh, the, the openings like before they, they do anything, they go in and they bust up the house um, and take any food and and stuff like sustenance and stuff that would offer any type of sucker to the to the person that they're going to seal inside, and then they keep them in there until they're ready to sort of pull them out and and execute them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or they may just die. On well, their that own. too, yeah. So so they say that you know they were hoping to just with with the with the witch they mentioned they were hoping to just sweep up the bones and. You know, take over the house because they, they they mentioned that that that's that's the kind of it, it's like one of the mechanisms of property transfer or of like mm-hmm. f- funding uh, the the justice process is kind of like oh well you can you can pick through what's left and and the house you know well, it's, the, it's got the very, town gets the house yeah it's got w- very witchfinder uh, yeah. vibes to it you know, let like, me just oh, say though <laughs> that if <laughs> if I were gonna get a free house but I had to deal with the person in it first. I don't think I would lock them up in the house to to die in their own waste uh, stinkily and nastily and then be like, cool, <laughs> now I've got a nice stinky house. I would definitely come up with a means of execution that didn't involve locking them into the house that was about to be mine. <laughs> what about uh, bricking them into the cellar? Yes. <laughs> what a great idea, Montresor. <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's great wine down there, Pete. I'm going to go check. <laughs> the so, cask, um, the cask of, nothing. I was just going to make a very dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> the cask of Vodalus. <laughs> the, the, the cask of Armadillo. That's all I was going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all we know, maybe, the, the, maybe there's giant armadillos in this world, too. Fuck it. <laughs> but, so, we, have, we have Mary Kips and Thiaclacines and shit like that. So. Yeah. What's I, I have to say, I... Wolf is very inventive about torment, um, and mm. at first, when this was the, this this method was described, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of boring." They're just like, 
locking someone in a house. And then he does the very clever thing of adding like a like a ritual aspect to it. Like there's all these extra steps where it's like, well, we go through the house first and we and we take everything out and then we we brick up the windows and we brick up the the door and then you know we we leave them there for it's not, it's not clear how they determine how long um but it's it's part of this whole big system it's like a combination of being like ritualized and being like bureaucratic almost um in, in a way that makes it really really interesting and makes the process of execution feel uh like distanced from the people carrying it out in much the same way as you know uh actual you know judicial executions do hi chewy hey uh, chewy in our in our world where it's like it's like the the people carrying them out are aren't murdering someone they're just a function of the state and, and so they, they do the same thing here <laughs> I uh, Pete, I know that you're you're like grimacing right now, but I I love I love Chewie's little little comments. Um, mm, yes. I think it adds a a charming tone to the podcast. Uh, okay, fair enough. I, I'll so, mute uh, it then. We'll see how it goes. Much much like Triskull, we 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 await the return of Chewie right. to, the, right. to the mic. <laughs> so w- when they when they go down to bust the door and stuff like that, like the whole town kind of like shows up for it, right? Like it's kind of like a. Yeah, or yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's like a public so, yeah, torment so it, slash like, oh, we're going to go see a dead body. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's not only like those things that you said, like, you know, uh, the pure the bureaucratic like distancing of executions and stuff like that. But it's also a social function. Like, it's a community event. Like, hey, let's go see what he looks like now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it, you know, it's kind of um, showing how like inculcated this like, uh, uh, you know, cruelty is in in this Mm -hmm. town and you know it's very medieval too yes Um, yeah it's Mm -hmm. like explicitly medieval and and so okay i am a guy who has spent a lot of time reading all of the different wikipedia entries on all the awful things that they used to do to people uh you know as as punishment for for various uh crimes um, for instance, did you know that uh, in in I think it was in England and Germany in particular, in like the 13th and 14th centuries, if a woman talked too much, they they had like like a it was like like a contraption that like a hood that kind of like held their mouth open that that they made them wear around town as like basically like it was it was a form of corporal punishment for for being a woman who talked too much. Um, or uh, it was sometimes done for men if they were thought to have gossiped. Um, and to your point, Chris, uh, uh, these things are almost always public torments. And there was some mm. aspect of it was like, oh, you got to walk around and your neighbors are going to be like, oh, look at them. <laughs> he's, he was gossiping and now he's wearing the gossip hood, you know, <laughs> and, or or like, you know, for for uh, the the punishment for a lot of things was like, you know, you would get like like uh, pilloried for, you know, maybe an afternoon maybe a day and they would, they would modify things based on how severe your crime was. So like maybe they wouldn't lock your hands up. So you, you, so your hands would be free or they might shackle your feet or, you know, they might provide rocks to the crowd to throw at you. Like it was all, but it was all almost always some kind of public thing because uh, jail was not a thing that, that existed until relatively recently for the most part. It was like you, you got your punishment and you either went back to being, a regular person or you were dead those were the two mm. options so mm. it feels very drawn from from that intentionally so I, it must be since that's part of the oeuvre of it yeah i mean uh i i, I forget if it's in this chapter the 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 one about the um the man in the dark which i guess they're referring to barnock in here uh where where the uh i forget if it's in this chapter or the previous one where the innkeeper tells um you know basically tells severians like oh yeah uh, our alcalde he's very smart he came up with the idea of making a festival uh, you know sort of co- uh, to coincide with the executions and yeah you know, basically it's like like you said uh, uh kurt it's it's a it's a ritualized um 
sort of execution slash torture slash corporal punishment, but then also it's a commercial event. So, you know, you sort of, you sort of seed the, the idea that this, you know, this type of thing is actually good because everyone, you know, like, okay, you go, go see uh, the, the neighbor that you hated or, or whatever, or grew to hate, uh, die in front of you. And then you go and have some nice, Pass, you know, pasties or whatever, you know, and just eat and have fun afterwards. And the the alcalde even mentions that you know, um, if uh, you know, Severian, if if you aren't treated well by the merchants, let me know, and we'll dunk one of them uh, in, in, in in the stream for you. <laughs> Typically, we do one or two a year, and it keeps the rest of them in line. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow that's what happens when you know like people uh you know really get upset when they get one star reviews imagine that <laughs> oh by the way uh the the gossip punishment is called a scold's bridal or a witch's bridal jesus Jeez. christ well there you go <sighs> what one yeah. weird trick <laughs> gossip's hated <laughs> oh man Look, uh, we've already we're we're already getting started for no kink at pride. So this is uh, (laughs) well, I mean, I think you're mining into a completely new and grim type of wife guy, dude. (laughs) The punished wife guy. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happened before you got banned from Twitter, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that's it's basically getting. uh, Yeah. It's getting a uh, a Twitter suspension. You get muted for for, for a few days. <laughs> for real, <laughs> yeah. You know they ought to do that. Like if like if if you end up getting kicked off of Twitter for being a huge asshole, you should have to wear an iron mask that holds your mouth shut for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> so let's continue on to uh, speaking of the festival nature of all this, um, where uh, wherein Severian meets a green man. Literally, yeah. I like uh, the green man. He seems oh, like he's a so jolly cool. fellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he wasn't a giant, but and he it, wasn't jolly. It was funny because it made it a very different story than it than it had been previously. Um, I like that he shows up and he's like, "I'm a plant," and Severian's like, "Are you a plant? Let me <laughs> let me try to reason through this." And then he's like, "Well, I'm a plant from the future," and so and Severian. Doesn't go like that's bullshit. That's ridiculous. He's like, oh, a plant from the future. But yeah, but are you like? <laughs> <laughs> He's just asking questions. Is our Severian? Um, oh, one thing that I did want to point out um, before we get to the actual scene with the Green Man. Green Man <laughs> sitting in a tent, wondering. Anyway. Um, so uh, before we get to that, uh, there is an interesting little thing. Do you remember, uh, my, my fellow readers, do you remember when uh, Dorcas and Severian, was it Dorcas and Severian? I think it was Dorcas and Severian, see the tower suddenly in the sky in yes. Shadow of the Torture. So <clears throat> let's um, <clears throat> uh, let's visit something here where he's asking the... Um, <laughs> where he's asking uh this lady about the a, the cathedral of the pelerines and uh and the old woman nodded sagely there you said it yourself you're making the same mistake they did it wasn't the cathedral of the, of the pelerines it was the cathedral of the claw which is to say it wasn't theirs to burn and to myself i muttered they rekindled the fire I beg pardon, the old woman cocked an ear. I didn't hear that. I said they burned it. They must have set fire to the straw floor. That's what I heard, too. They just stood back and watched it burn. It went up to the infinite meadows of the new sun, you know. A man on the opposite side of the alleyway began to pound a drum. When he paused, I said, I know that certain persons have claimed to have seen it rise into the air. Oh, it rose all right. When my grandson-in-law heard about it, he was fairly struck flat for half a day. Then he pasted up a kind of hat out of paper and held it over my stove, and it went up. And then he thought it was nothing that the, that the cathedral rose. No miracle at all. That shows what it is to be a fool. It never came to him that the reason things were made so was so cath- the cathedral could rise just like it did. He can't see the hand in nature. So... 
Was the Cathedral of the Pellerines a hot air balloon? I, I liked that. I, I That certainly seems <laughs> yeah. to be the implication, especially because of the mention of uh, her her son, I think it was, making like his own little hat-shaped object and floating it up the chimney. Right, right. Certainly well, also, seems to be. Also, it, it points to, I think, a, an underlying philosophy that I'm starting to see um, over and over again here, where we get these technological, like, you know, material slash technological explanations for stuff, but that doesn't preclude them from being part of, say, the Increat. Mm. Okay, well, a pelerine is a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a small cape. It looks like, I, it almost looks like the Batman symbol. It's designed to go over the shoulders, so it might be a parachute. Ooh. Oh, cool! They're, they're they're oh they're the they're the bird people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so can can I go back for a second? Oh, can everybody hear me? By the way, yes, yes. yes. Okay. So we were talking about the green green man. So name another series that referenced the green man and went out of their way to point out they were a vegetable to distinguish themselves from Gene Wolfe's green man. Hmm. Hmm. I am not entirely sure. I mean, I, I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking of Swamp Thing a little too much. So Wheel of Time. Um, oh, the, there's a the Green Man held the Eye of the World, which was designed <laughs> to kill Satan. That's right. You're you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely correct. Yes. And it <laughs> was, was really weird when man. I read it the first time because of the guy's green like, man, and, and by the way, I'm a carrot. You know, it's like, hands. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is, is Severian going to channel the one power? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. So right. I, I, you've Go been ahead. singing a Green Man song, and I kept thinking of uh, the typo negative song, Green Man, um, <laughs> which is a very different song. Yes, I, I'm. 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 I'm actually uh, putting it into Spoon Man, but that's another. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I get it now. I totally was blanking on that. I get it. <laughs> I got it. It's just where my brain went. So. I love Spoon Man. It's a great song. I love the spoon solo. <laughs> yes, awesome R- song. Rare that you get those. <laughs> yes, even rarer now that R.I.P. Spoon Man. <laughs> But um, so yeah, so then he um, he comes, he it goes to basically. It looks like it's like a weird sideshow that the the green man is in, like a weird sideshow where he pays like what is it? It's one ease to see him, uh, two ease to uh, talk to him, and three ease to uh, basically talk to him without any type of uh, you know, like without a chaperone or, or somebody minding mm-hmm. them. Uh, and that's where they, they get the, uh, the, you know, I'm a green man. Uh-huh. But are you? <laughs> no, I'm from the future. I, where we've, we've, we've seeded our blood with, uh, basically pond scum and we eat, we've, we've solved all the famines. He's like, yeah, but really? Are you really? <laughs> what, what, what I really like about it is the combination of, this guy who by uh, like Severian looks at him and is like he doesn't seem to be painted and doesn't seem to be dye, so he must actually be green. Um, and, and then and, and then he's like, uh, "Green man, this mystical being or this strange creature of nature, tell me, tell me my fortune." And, and, and he goes, "Well," and, and he just starts saying like fortune teller crap. And uh, Severian's <laughs> like, "Wait, you could that's true about everybody." <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I love I, I the combination love of like high concept and very low rent like carny tricks. <laughs> well, I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I, well, one thing I'd like to point out here is there is real character ve- development here because this is one of the one of the shining moments where we're seeing Severian not being a credulous dipshit. Mm. Well, that's true. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Well, he's he's been. I think that. Um, yeah, we, we probably have been carrying around uh, beginning of Shadow of the Torture of Severian for a bit uh, a bit longer than he has actually been on the page. Uh, mm. But here, it, it, I, I do think that he has, because it, it, I think that there have been like subtle, um, very subtle uh, signs that he's sort of maturing a little bit, you know, but, but we still get, you know, we get that 
initial Severian stands in our way because we're still holding him in our memory. Huh. Maybe we are oppressed by memory. <laughs> How about that? Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree with you, Pete. This is this is one of these things where he's like, "You're just telling me the the fate of any man." <laughs> stop with the stop with the bullshit. Come on, tell me a real prophecy. Am I going to see Aji again? He's like above ground. You're like, oh Jesus, thanks. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> so have have you all noticed that? Severian often describes himself doing something very smart, but it always happens like off screen. <laughs> like, like I was thinking about, well, okay, what's another instance where Severian was able to be very, very, very canny in this? And it's it's him uh, negotiating for the payment for the executions with uh, the Alcalde, and and mm-hmm. he's he's describing like, oh yes, you know, he tried to. He tried to tell me this, and I I threatened to do this. It's like, oh well, yeah, but we don't actually see that happening. It's this is telling him like I totally got that guy. Don't <laughs> don't worry, I I was super smart and well put together for it. Everyone was very impressed. <laughs> oh, by the way, l- let me let me go back to something because I, I I remember this now, and I'm trying to remember where it, where it was. I think it's in the first chapter where he's talking about like he wakes up and and he's he's rooming with Jonas in the uh in the small room or whatever right and he notices that the uh oh uh, as jonas had discovered the night before our water ewer held wine i used some to rinse my mouth and its astringency made it better than water but i still wanted water to splash on my face and smooth my hair and then i forget if it's in the same chapter or uh near the near the end of our our, our current reading that jonas says oh yeah th- i thought that there had been water in that you that you were last <laughs> night and you're like wait it's it's right it's right it's right before the end of chapter 5 uh, yes, <laughs> yeah I, I thought so. i noticed that too and he also <laughs> he mentions that when he's like it, it, it happened it, it happened right after we were examining the claw of the conciliator all of a sudden, we found some wine. It had been a water jug. Mm. Cheeky, cheeky, Gene Wolf. Very cheeky. I see what you're doing there, Mister. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I keep on thinking about that and going like, uh, Gene Wolf, shaking my fist at you know into the air. Yeah, just like the 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 walls uh, that divided the world, like the covers of two books, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, he he finishes. Also, he uh, he he does actually um, try to help the green man a little bit because he realizes that you know he's he's got a shackle on his foot, uh, and and he notices that the um, the flesh has sort of swollen to sort of over, like over the the edges of the shackle, like you would see a tree that's been sort of like growing over something that's like a bound it or something right and he breaks off part of his whetstone and gives it to him and doesn't say anything but then re- realizes that you know just sort of looks at the green man and the green man realize oh yes i could use this so you know he he doesn't free him but he gives him the tools to do so i liked that um especially the implication that he's giving him a whetstone which which is used for sharpening things so presumably mm. he's he's equipping him with the means to make a weapon, uh, not mm-hmm. so much to to like cut through anything because because whetstones are fairly soft, um, they're they're not the sort of thing that you could use to like cut through something. It would have to be sharpening them or you know whittling with metal and stone effectively. So presumably he's going to make something sharp and stab that guy when he comes in to to, to mess with him. It's going to sharpen his chain. And then wrap it around his fucking neck. Um, anyway, yeah, maybe because I mean he's he is a slave there uh, basically, and he tells him s- straight up that he's a slave uh, held there, you know, and that he, he seems to be sort of resigned to his fate that he might just die here in this. If we are to believe that he is from a future time, he is resigned to sort of die here in this horrible past. Um, so, much like us. Uh, <laughs> Much like us, yes, yes, indeed. But before then, uh, I, I I couldn't help because uh, chapter four is about the bouquet, and I couldn't help but think about <laughs> how many flowers <laughs> that are that are dangerous have appeared <laughs> in these books yes. so far. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, so, so this is where we get the, the full ritual of the, uh, of the, 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 assass- the assassination, the execution of Morwenna, uh, who was, uh, accused by, um, what was the Eusebia? That's what her name is. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and, and basically, uh, I forget what the accusation was, but, um, yeah, that, that wasn't clear to me. Um, it, it was some kind of poisoning. I think, but it wasn't clear if she was accused of poisoning her her husband and and child, because it so Severian I think mentions like oh yeah her husband and child had had died of some sickness, but it sounded like it had happened b- before. So I yeah mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah yeah I think uh, yeah it's right on the 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 second page of the of the chapter it says um um was it. He he also makes a comparison that Morwenna uh, looks a little. It reminds him of Thecla. Huh, funny uh, that. Hmm. <laughs> Weirdly, he's not down bad for her. Though. That's true. That's, that's true. He's not. Uh, but it's you know it's because he's in business mode. Strictly, business <laughs> he's in business. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, but more. He's talking about uh, Morwenna's hair, and he's like, yeah, but Morwenna's is straight. Thecla's curled, and then um, like Thecla. Whom you seem to have loved, as I love your friend Jolenta. This is Jonas talking to him. I confess you had a great deal more time to fall in love than I did, and you told me she had her husband and child had, uh, that she had. She had said her husband and child died of some sickness, probably from bad water. The husband had been quite a bit older than she. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, so she she must have been accused of their deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so, so we, we do get the full ritual here, uh, and, and to your point, Kurt, it's, it's weird, right? Because, um, uh, on the one hand, we get the full description of, you know, like all the steps, you know, how he leaps onto the stage. He can't use the stairs. Um, <laughs> he has to improvise because the, um, the, 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 the chopping block is weirdly convex, um, and he's supposed to like break, break her bones beforehand. So he needs to sit her, well, he needs to brand her first on each cheek. So he needs a chair, but then there's no chair present because the alcalde had sort of like becomes weirdly, um, like he, he loses his nerve because he's, he's, you know, basically, uh, you know, Severian mentions that, uh, that in, in many instances, uh, people that are functionaries, uh, do tend to easily lose their nerves uh, when the moment comes. And he, he sort of expected it, but he was sort of a, also, that's why he gave him the instruction beforehand. So one, one point of clarification, it's good that the, that the execution block is, is convex. He was worried that it would be concave. The reason being um, if it's, if it's convex, the blade will cleanly meet along its full length uh, the, mm. the wood and cut cut all the way through whereas if it's concave then it it won't actually necessarily cut all the way through it might not be like a clean perfect cut i think is supposed to be the implication because he mentioned that that there's there's three things that that make like rural execution blocks crappy there's there's them being weirdly wide uh the wood being very hard so it it damages uh your 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 sword and then them being uh, dished, so so mm. con- concave. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so then he he has to improvise and use the the block as the 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 chair, uh, and then so, so he can brand Morwenna, and then you know he sort of like uh, parades her around, um, and then he proceeds to basically use the flat of the blade to uh, break her her thighs, her legs. Um, and uh, so, so you know, basically, we get the full ritual, and then at the end, like you, like we'd mentioned already, we get the admonitions, like, oh, well, you know, I gave you all the details here, but you know, to be honest with you, I'm not going to give you all the details for every time I do that. Just mm-hmm. assume that I've been practicing my mystery, the mysteries of my guild, you know, throughout, uh, and, and unless it's very, uh, you know, like very important or you know something very odd happens, I won't be describing it again. So while while we were going into even even though he doesn't want us to focus on that, I'm going to ask another like technical question about how he's executing these people. Uh, 
there's a mention of like the male side of the of the blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? I, I, am I misunderstanding that it seemed like there's like the different sides of the sword are for like one side is for men and one side is for female women? Is that is that yes. or did it, is that that's well that's actually what that's correct. I believe that is correct. Also, that's that's also how I interpreted it. Yeah, well, so. and why? <laughs> I guess is um, my question. I mean, I, I think that it's his, uh, I think that um, the, like uh, Terminus Est is is modeled after. I think it's like I forget if it's a 14th or, or 13th century type executioner's swords um, that are very you know, sort of brutally functional and so on and so forth. And they did actually have uh, a female and male side to them. So mm. yes, you would use a different side uh, for whatever reason. I, I'm I'm not super well versed, and I, I have not I have not been reading all the Wikipedia pages. So uh, maybe Kurt <laughs> has some <laughs> something to illuminate here. But uh, I also think that thematically, um, because Terminus Est is like the the line of division or something to that effect, is the is a translation. Uh-huh. Um, it's also it's also weird to me. I mean, not weird, but it seems appropriate, though weirdly appropriate, I should say, that um, it's also this very uh, sort of a gendered idea, like uh, of how things are divided, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just one of those other you know links uh, or, or or connections that Wolf likes to just toss out there. And if you catch yeah. it, you catch it. And if you don't, well, that's fine. Yeah, he uh, he must have done a tremendous amount of research in real I, books too. There was no Google. <laughs> there was no internet. I, 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 yeah. Honestly, I, I'm beginning to think that it's actually easier and better to do research in books. Because you don't get a bunch of spam bullshit when you go to the library and and look up, <laughs> like you know a uh, what do they call those things? The reference cards. Gosh, I how much how much I forget over the years. The, well, I mean the index Dewey cards. Uh, uh, y- yeah, but there's a specific term for those those big like boxes mm. of of like reference cards they they would have. I forget what it's called. Um, but yeah, I I think Kurt, to your point, the uh, the the. The issue with Google, if if it's available somewhere, right? Uh, if it is available somewhere, you have to figure out precisely the phrases that you need to suss that out. And even then, it could be buried like you know a hundred, a hundred plus searches in, deep into it, and you're like shit. And you you don't get you you get breadth, but not that not depth. Or no, you get so usually you often get. Well, I, I guess you'll, you'll get either breadth or depth, but rarely both. Let's let's put it mm-hmm. that way. Because, for instance, if you go looking up inf- resources on medieval swords on Google, you'll find plenty of them, but most of them have copied their information from each other. Mm-hmm. And so you just get the same information over and over again. <clears throat> Whereas if you go to the library and you get a book about medieval swords, as Gene Wolfe probably did, it's written by an expert on medieval swords. You have a whole book of information. You can look around it and be like, oh, well... And, in Spain, they had this kind of sword. In Scotland, they had this kind of sword, and and then you, you can put it all in your in your weird sci-fi novel. <laughs> do you guys know about Scottish Wikipedia? No, <laughs> no. Holy shit, guys! This is you know this is precisely when my voice is going to cut out. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yep. I just wanted to make sure. So, Scottish Wikipedia. Uh, it was recently discovered that about sixty percent of the Wikipedia articles on the Scottish language was made by an American kid who did not speak Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) Just bullshitted his way through it. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. I remember my, uh, the librarian in, um, high school saying like, you know, the internet search, you have to be careful with, with, uh, with that, that, that Wikipedia. Cause it, it was, I think Wikipedia. I'm trying to remember when when Wikipedia first really became a thing. It was it was, I, you know what? I don't think it was around when I was in high school, or if it was, it was very new. Um, but I remember in college they were definitely talking about you know you can't trust Wikipedia, and they were right. They were right. I was wrong. <laughs> I was just lazy. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I I I agree. I'm impressed by the depth of research that Gene Wolfe must have done and. He must have had some ridiculous binders of notes for this. 
<laughs> well, he, he also must have had like a, um, I, I've been looking around and, and like one of the things that he, he likes to do is to give all of the human characters saints names. Hmm. And so <laughs> that's one of the tip offs apparently, uh, is if a human, if, if a character has a saint's name, you can depend that they're a, you know, a human like you or I would be, uh, hmm. except, you know, whatever the, the, uh, the, the future version of that would be. Hmm. Um, so, so, uh, like, you know, Jonas and Severian and, you know, uh, Thecla herself and Catherine, the, the weird woman that, uh, <laughs> appears every year and doesn't seem to age, but they chop her head off. Mm. Uh, and so on and so forth, uh, you know, as, as part of the, um, the, the, the journeyman's ritual or whatever. Uh, anyway, the, the point being that, uh, yeah, I think it goes to the, to the, the point that we we're making that whatever that book of saints that, uh, Gene Wolf had, uh, we're not entirely sure what it was. So mm. he, he, he was, de he definitely had it and he was using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so then we get to the last chapter where we, we get a lot of, uh, Jonas, Jonas isms here, right? Uh, oh God, uh, his, his, it never makes any sense for the most part. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. The, the bit about the shrike and the thorn bush, that at least made sense. <laughs> I, I, yeah. The, the one about the mermaid's, uh, garden or whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't, like, I didn't get that. Is it a sex joke? I guess. Is the joke I, that I, she I, sex with the octopus? And I, I guess. Yeah. Like, is, you know what the octopus remarked when he got out of the mermaid's kelp bed? I'm not impugning your skill, quite the opposite, but you look as if you need, you could use a little cheering up and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> is this like a, it was that like a, 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 I just wanted to be held type of joke. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I did like the, the Shrike one where I think, I think the gist of it was, was like, as uh you know, it's, it's, it's a heck of a way to make a living as the, <laughs> as the thorn bus said to the Shrike. The, the joke being that that shrikes, I believe, impale their prey on thorn bushes. They, yeah, they they drop yeah. them from the air and onto thorn bushes, and usually impale them. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then, um, cut through this. So yeah, and then we get dun dun dun. They're they're having a little dinner together after the after the uh, the, the execution. And we're, we're, we're sort of joking about Jonas's, uh, little Jonas isms here, uh, because basically he's, he's telling, uh, uh, Severian in his roundabout way that you look a little despondent by there, buddy. Uh, what's going on? Uh, and so, you know, Severian talks about like, you know, oh, the, you know, Master Palaman would say that, uh, generally, you know, you could feel like the, uh, after the, the, the regard of the crowd or, or becoming the center of attention, uh, was drawn away from you, uh, then you, you might feel a little sort of deflated afterwards and that that was normal, but to be, be wary of it. And then suddenly, wait, what is that? It's something white. Dun, 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 a note. <laughs> <laughs> and a note basically, uh, saying, I'm not going to read all of it here, but basically supposedly, uh, there was a grand conspiracy, to hold, uh, you know, hold the information from Severian that uh, Thecla was to not be actually executed, but be to to be, uh, you know, sort of whisked away at the last moment, you know, uh, for for reasons because uh, Father Anir wanted her to be whisked away, and that uh, she had contrived to to actually help have him help her uh, f look like she had committed suicide. Uh, that the revolutionary was in fact never on when they used it. They, they only made it look that way and that she would, she was instructed to act certain ways so that, uh, Severian would give her the knife. And then, you know, she, she used a little, a little of her blood to make it look like she, she had, um, cut herself and committed suicide. But in fact, that was all part of the plan. She's actually still alive and he can meet her in this, uh, like she gives him instructions to follow a stream that, uh, connects to the guile and it's in a mine somewhere. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know that I believe this, but I also <laughs> don't know that I don't believe it. Uh, it seems pretty clear that Severian is walking into a trap of some sort. Um, mm -hmm. but I also sort of feel like maybe Thecla is alive. I don't know. 
I can't tell yet if she's uh if she's one of those characters who can't possibly come back to life because coming back to life and re-entering the story violates some basic law of of you know of of the story much like how like by and large in the main spider-man continuity they, they never brought back gwen stacy but they would bring back everyone else although now of course gwen stacy is <laughs> is you know a, a a a beloved resurrected comic book character but for for a long time they wouldn't bring her back mm-hmm. um but uh but but I can't get I, I can't decide if I'm going to turn the page because I stopped, as I always do, as a man of honor on, you know, I, I didn't read any of chapter six. So for all I knew, the next word could be Thecla said, hello, Severian, <laughs> it's me. I'm back. Or it, <laughs> it, 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 it could be something totally else. So I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we do have an establishment that or we have established before that, that um, in the crowd, like I, I forgot to mention this and we, we sort of kept on going, but um, but but forgot to mention that one of the things that happens when they're there to watch, uh, you know, the, the, the people sort of like use the battering ram against Barnock's uh, sealed in house and drag him out and blah, blah. He turns around and they're like almost in a shaft of light, uh, you know, sort of like illuminated is none other than Ajia. And he, mm. he tries to find her and he, he, he goes through the crowd and pushes people aside, but, she disappears. She's, she's no longer there. So, you know, I, I, I think that because we've, we've seen Ajia, who isn't dead or anything of the sort, but sort of show up in this far away place <laughs> from where we last saw her, uh, we, we, we should be able to, you know, sort of review this letter in. And like you said, Kurt, sort of balance on that knife's edge of like, well, we could not believe this, but we could also not not believe it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a magic fingernail that's turning water into wine. So is it that unusual to be like, oh, yeah, you know, actually, uh, his kind of girlfriend didn't didn't actually kill herself. It was all a big trick or or it's something else entirely. Maybe she did kill herself and she's back. Who knows? <laughs> They, they they took her away in the in the hot air balloon cathedral. That's what it was. Well, so so I wanted to mention that, of course, immediately put me in mind of uh, the the floating city that they saw uh, appear at mm-hmm. the end of the previous book. Um, which, uh, well, but but although that was you know that that like disappeared out of nowhere, whereas the the uh, cathedral of the Pelerines was like a flying. Hot air balloons, as they say. So I, I, I don't know, but it certainly feels to, like it's of a piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we have uh, we, we have probably reached the 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 end of our chapters assigned this time around for our read along. What? We're only um, six minutes in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> Time time passes uh, differently for you where you don't have internet, I guess. <laughs> oh, do you guys hear that? Yeah. yeah. You know what that means? Oh, is that is that time for Chris to do some laundry? Yes, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, dear listeners, you are getting a peek behind the curtain. Uh, we, we help each other out and, and try to help each other out. Remember, you know, basic chores. So, uh, any last thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? Other than laundry? <laughs> I, uh, no, I'm looking forward, looking forward to doing to future episodes where I can the rest of the hear book. your voices more than seconds at a time. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. It's all good. Well, P- Pete's getting getting the garbled transmission experience <laughs> from the sci-fi <laughs> novels of, of old. All right. Well, um... If that is it, I do want to thank all of you for continuing on this journey, uh, all the way from the, the 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 gates of Nessus to the village of Saltus, wherever exactly that may be. Um, you have resumed the journey, though the the road is difficult. Uh, so thanks for for joining me in the, in reading this, and everyone out there, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on Podside. <laughs>